0: Football season is here, and that leads to a lot of celebrating and and partying. And yeah, it's game day. Time to get crunk. When you do that, be safe. Don't drive. But if you make a mistake, or a loved one makes a mistake, and you need to have legal representation, don't say guilty, say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers. They'll try to get you the best result possible in your case, because let's face it, that's what you're going to want. You're going to want somebody who's got your back. Marcos has your back. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You can contact them 24-7, 365 at GarzaLaw.com or through the phone at 865-540-8300. Let's get to the episode.
1: I mean, this is the last
0: stand. (laughs)
1: The controversial, he's the dumbass, he can't do math, he's an idiot, he gets his hair cut at Walmart, look at that shitty haircut. the realest podcast in the southeast, let the dogs loose, <laughs> let the goons be goons, 11 in a row, 11 in a row, 11 in a row, Enough. <laughs>
0: 38 in a row, I did 38 on this point when
1: we were whipping that ass,
0: ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us.
1: Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all.
0: Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Florida week. Even if the hatred isn't as strong, it's still a special week. Seth joins me down in Alabama. What's up, buddy? Not much, John. It's good to hear your voice. Thank you for powering through. Sorry if Seth doesn't sound as good as he usually does. We're having some technical issues, but we're fighting through. So, Seth's a trooper. What's the vibe like? How you feeling?
1: Well, I'm feeling like we should beat Florida in the swamp. uh, And there's no excuse to losing. First time I've really felt like this. I don't know. It's the last time I truly, like, really deep down, thought we should just smoke them in Florida, at Florida. So, it's not quite as good a vibes as I had hoped for, but we are a touchdown favorite of Florida in the swamp for the first time in my life, so it could definitely be worse.
0: I will say that it it feels like very good news, or at least a a nice fallback that Florida's looked like shit too, because we haven't looked great, but we always keep coming back to, yeah, but Florida looks worse.
1: Yeah. And Florida's looked awful. They've looked much worse. And I think the thing about Tennessee is that we haven't looked good at all, but we still have the ACE in the hole, which is Jalen Wright. And we haven't really unveiled him yet. So there's that. I mean, we have a clear best player on offense that we just really have been splitting time with. You know, there's going to come a point, I don't know if it's this Saturday or when, but there is going to come a point this year, I believe, where they're just going to say, go win the game, Jalen. And um, after looking at the other running backs in the SEC, uh, Jalen Wright's one of the best. You know, he's one of the best backs in the SEC. I meant to look this up, but Jace McClellan was like first or second team SEC preseason, and I would like to know why. I would like to know why him and Ja'Cory Brooks were both first or second team SEC for Alabama. But anyway, Jalen Rice looked awesome. So we have that in the back pocket.
0: We think Heupel knows he's our best player, right? Offensively. Like Heupel has to be smart enough to realize that, right?
1: Undoubtedly, because I think if you look at how they've been about starting seniors over underclassmen, that you know, I mean, look, Tank plays more snaps than anybody on defense. Like they, they really stick with their seniors, um, and they inserted Jalen Wright as the as the starter over Jabari Small this year. Um, so yes, I do believe he thinks. I do believe he believes these are number one.
0: Did you freak out during Austin P? Wait, 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 wait! That's a dumb question. That's a dumb question. I remember you freaking out during Austin P. Let me let me rephrase the question. Producer, cut that out because anyone that's in the Discord saw Seth freaking out. Have you calmed down since the Austin P. freakout?
1: Yes, but only because I've stopped reading other people's posts because they were what was driving me crazy. It wasn't a it wasn't like I was internally freaking out as much as just like okay, this is how it's always been. Why do we pretend that it hasn't been this way? Why are we? Like, I I delivered a very, a very lukewarm take Saturday night, a very tepid take. And the very tepid take was this. Basically, if Tennessee had Spencer Rattler as its starting quarterback, we would expect to to win by four touchdowns Saturday night. And people reacted like I had just, like, uttered absolute blasphemy. And it's a very tepid take. It's a very extremely lukewarm take. Spencer Rattler has been very good this year. And, you know, the way that people act about Joe Milton, it's as if he is right off camera holding a gun to a loved one on a hostage video. That is how these people defend him. And so they were driving me insane. They're driving me insane. Like, these people would blame Jesus Christ himself before they'd ever lame one single iota of blame on joseph milton the feet should brew mccoy have caught that very first pass of the night sure i will grant you that he should have i think brew would admit that he should have okay but it was still behind him it was still a bad pass like at what point is that like can he at what point and i hope it's this saturday night like, at some point, we have to hit people in stride. Like, let's just forget about, like, he nearly got squirrel killed, and he's going to get squirrel killed, I feel like. He, McCollin Castles is like nobody within 10 yards of him, and he misses him. Like, Dante Thornton has a touchdown on slant if he throws it in stride. And he doesn't. He throws it behind him, and he lets the guy make a good play. It was a great defensive play. Like, at some point, The sixth-year senior has to go out and make a play because other teams are going to start putting a safety in the box and daring us, daring him to make a play. And, you know, it's that simple. Like, anybody that thinks otherwise, just look at the play calling. We threw 14 passes at the line of scrimmage. 14! 14! Like, wide receivers drop balls. That's never stopped Josh Heifel from launching them to the moon.
0: Well, first off, I don't think Jesus Christ could throw a football 85 yards down the field. So easier to defend Joe when it comes but, to that. But, but if
1: G- if Jesus hit Peter in the hands, in stride, you know. Well,
0: then Peter could theoretically run 85 yards.
1: The the Milton militia would blame Jesus. Um, like they would blame Jesus before they would ever lay any blame at Joe Milton's feet. It's just, it's like a hostage video where he's holding a gun to their loved one's head.
0: I would say it's people trying to will it into existence. I'll also say that I would love if they brought a safety to into the box because then that would open up some deep shots because seems like right now Josh keeps saying that the defenses aren't giving up deep shots and that they are trying to force the throws that, Seth, I, I hate to do this to you, the throws that you told yeah, me all off season that Joe could hit know, consistently know, in the 15-yard intermediate. I didn't see it. I, I didn't feel as confident about those throws as you did, but you beat it into my head that he was going to make those throws. And so far, he hasn't really been making those throws.
1: No, no, he hasn't. Those are, those are the throws he's been the best at. The throws that we always – the throws that I have seared into my memory are Pittsburgh 2021 where he just can't hit a deep ball. He overthrows people. He overthrows. And Josh did say, like, there are things wide open across the middle of the field, and we're not getting them.
0: Oh, they've all been open. And he's either thrown hospital balls or thrown behind every receiver. And now there have been some just straight up drops. There was the one pass, I want to say, in the second quarter where Joe got out of the pocket against Austin P, scrambled to his left, and threw a bullet. And a receiver dropped it 20 yards down the field right on the sideline.
1: His, his best play of the night, Thornton that didn't That was his come best throw, the yeah.
0: That, that, that was the best throw of the season, maybe the best throw of Joe's career, honestly, when you look at the how accurate it was. Thornton did not come back in the game. Was it maybe thrown too hard? Who knows? I don't know.
1: Or he didn't play in the second half. Yeah, I thought, like, I, I, I mean, I agree. Like, the, the throws that Joe has hit better, like, the throws that he's always been better at, he hasn't, He's just been – he's gotten – this is what Kilby said Saturday night, and I agree with it. He has somehow – like, I think that Saturday night was worse than he ever played two years ago. And that's what's crazy to me. That's what blows my mind. Is that like – it's – to me, undoubtedly, he's gotten worse. And, you know.
0: I thought he looked improved against Virginia – so I don't know if I'll say he got worse. There might just be something where he can't play inside Dillon Stadium. That no, might I'm, be saying, I'm saying
1: Saturday night. I'm not saying Virginia. I'm saying Sarah, just Saturday night alone, was the he worked worse than he has since Pitt. Like, he worked worse than he did against Pitt. I mean, it's just...
0: I mean, he, looks, he looked pretty bad against Pitt. So I, I don't know if I agree with that. I will say he was making... like He, he wasn't making good plays, now, if the receivers help him out and his stat line looks better, like, you know, we might not be having this conversation, but the throws were not accurate. I'm not going to argue there. And I've been disappointed with the receivers and I've been disappointed with Joe. And everything else about the season is telling me that Tennessee should win 11 games. And I'm sitting here worried that we're going to max out at nine if we keep playing offense the way we are, maybe eight if we keep playing offense the way we are.
1: I agree. That's what is terrifying is that Tennessee should have after what happened Saturday, Tennessee should be looking around and saying like, you know, if at worst we should be the second team from the SEC in line to get the play to get in the playoff.
0: If we dropped our last year's offense on this team, we'd be talking 12 and 0. We'd be talking about playing Texas in the College Football Playoff when you look around the rest of the SEC.
1: You know, and like, I, 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 you know, maybe if, maybe if one of these guys doesn't drop that ball, maybe if Brew doesn't drop that ball. But like, at the same time, it's like, wide receivers are going to drop balls. Like, we have to, I'm not, con- like, I, I, I get that line of argument that I see from people, but I'm also just not convinced that, like, if Keaton necessarily catches that ball against Virginia or if Brew or whoever catches a ball against Austin P, that, like, it automatically, I hope we're made of sterner stuff than that, because it's going to be tougher real soon. Maybe not Saturday night. Saturday night, I'm not so sure that Saturday night, we can't just do the horizontal passing and hand the ball off to Jalen Wright and win. To Joe's
0: credit, still hasn't turned the ball over, and as long as he doesn't turn the ball over in the swamp like two times, we should still win comfortably is the way I feel. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to take three turnovers for me to worry about that game. And and to his credit, Joe still hasn't done that.
1: Somehow, yeah. (laughs) I just. The offense seems so rhythm based.
0: Well the offense is rhythm based and we need to make catches and we need to go fast. It was the same way under Hooker honestly. Like yeah. this is why and you know I got a lot of I get a lot of flack kind of based or I get a lot of flack based on the take and I still kind of stand by it but in 2021 I was arguing I said you know, this offense is a little bit of a gimmick. It needs to go fast. The offense isn't good unless it goes fast and I still fully feel that way. It takes just absolutely like swarming your opponent to get this thing to reach good to great levels. We haven't been going fast. And it's hard to go fast when you're going off incompletions. I get that.
1: I think it is 100% predicated on going fast. Because when you go fast, you get the huge running plays on first down after a big game. You open up the huge holes. You just... It's, what, it's predicated on going fast to split. I mean, like... And when you just... Three and outs kill this offense more than they kill a normal offense, I feel. Because... Everything is just to get so out of sync and just, oh, man, it was hard to watch.
0: We need some positive plays. We need some positive plays. And also, like, to be fair, I still think there could be some super secret Florida playbook that maybe leads to better throws. Maybe Josh is sandbagging a little bit, acting like, oh, yeah, these two deep safeties, that's enough to make us not runner high-powered deep ball offense. Maybe he's setting it up because he hasn't had to do that against Austin P and, and really against Virginia. Do we take any deep shots against Austin P? Because I turned the game off late in the third quarter. I was too disgusted. No,
1: no. And, like, I understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, except in the fact that we were playing FCS team and the idea – that Josh Heupel wouldn't take a deep shot because Austin P had two deep safeties just rings a little hollow to Well, me. That,
0: Well, that's my point, though, is I think maybe we just are purposely not taking them, and we'll see that on on Saturday. Because you. I, I know your point you're making is that he's lost confidence in Joe, and that's why we just went sideline to sideline, those screen passes. But I think that over the last year and a half, the one throw Joe's consistently made, ironically enough, is the deep pass. Like, I know he shit the bed against Pittsburgh in 2021, but all of last year he was dropping balls into a bucket deep down the field. Even this year, the one deep shot I can remember to to Keaton was a pretty solid throw. It wasn't perfect, but it was still really good. Probably one of his best throws of the year. So I think taking the deep shot would actually maybe give Joe some confidence because he's not doing the medium stuff. That's, to me, the reason I think that maybe there is a secret offense that we unlock against Florida that does go back to some deep shots. Because I think Joe would hit those. Uh, he's actually earned my confidence and earned my trust in those passes. But the the 10 to 15-yard stuff, 10 to 25 yards, just seems completely lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, the uh, whole offense just seems, outside of the running game, just seems totally, just a total, just nastiness, just gross.
0: With all of the damn negativity you've brought onto this show, I'm going. I'm going to ask now. Like, how confident are you in a win? You're going down there. You told me you would only go down there if you were 100% certain Tennessee was going to win. I don't think you can say you're 100% certain, but you are where? 80 to
1: 85. Like I said, I think okay, that that's still good. Tennessee just lines the ball up and hands it off to Jalen Wright and does the little side to side passing (laughs) i think tennessee should win you know it might not be i think everyone envisioned and wanted like 1995 alabama joe kent just an absolute like bloodletting you know catharsis we still may get that we still may get that but i don't think people expect that anymore it might be a little ugly but i think that if they just i just i don't when Tennessee's on offense, the best player on the field is going to be in an orange and white, and it's going to be Jalen Wright. And I think it's Jalen Wright by a considerable margin.
0: I think you could say we'll have the best player on the other side of the ball, too, with a couple of And Aaron defenders. Beasley,
1: yeah. Yeah. Agree, agree. I mean, 100% agree. Like, they have nobody that can take the top off. They – I mean, the one thing they could do – was run the ball, but they couldn't do that against Utah.
0: I don't think they're going to run it down our throats. They're not going to be able to run it against us. Like, and I,
1: I, and the other thing is that we've been good against the run. Um, been 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 pretty stout against the run under Heupel and and with Rodney Garner.
0: This doesn't happen very often. I feel like during the seven years of this podcast, we've maybe been wrong like six times. Maybe we maybe we average once a year. But I got to say that. When the cat killer allegations surfaced, we, I remember we were just kind of like, who cares? Kick him off the team. Why are you doing this for a fifth string linebacker?
1: Josh, Josh is right. I see why he didn't kick him off the team. Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt, Jeremy, you have to give credit to uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Cause nobody wanted Aaron Beasley. And, uh, Jeremy Pruitt was right about Aaron Beasley. He was right about Jeremy Banks too. Always making sure Jeremy doing whatever it took for Jeremy to get back on the team. I mean, Aaron Beasley was a really nice get by uh, Jeremy Pruitt because, you know, Aaron Beasley is a really, really good college football player, I think. And um, that's really all that matters Saturday night. I mean, I, I, he probably doesn't, might not translate well to the pros or whatever, but he is, he is an awesome college football player. And, you know, you can, he knows where to be and when to be there. He makes great reads. He, you know, he just, he's very good at dissecting a play and shooting the gap. I mean, he is a very, very good college football player. And uh, he's really fun to watch. I mean, I enjoy
0: watching our defense play. agree. Yeah, I agree. Now, you know, this might change on Saturday, but I do not think it will. I I feel confident that going up against that Florida offense will make me love watching Tennessee play.
1: No, they like the defense, like, has its issues or whatever, but I think they're really fun to watch. I mean, I think like Wesley Walker's really good running downhill, trying to make a play in the box. I mean, I, you know, James Pierce has been awesome off the edge. Joshua Joseph's had a big sack. Well, not big. He has sacks Saturday night. I wouldn't classify it as big. Omar Norman Lott has been a really, really good get by the staff and Tyler Barron, you know, after four years, they finally settled on what exactly Tyler Barron is. And it's a third down defensive tackle. And he has been awesome. Um, They're fun to watch. They've been, they've been really fun to watch. Now I will say that Tim Banks probably has something up his sleeve that he hasn't shown um, just because he really hasn't needed to do anything.
0: Sure. I do uh, I do think that this is a really good matchup for our secondary two because Florida doesn't have any burners. They don't really have anybody that's going to be able to beat you deep.
1: They have nothing. They have nothing. I was blown away against Utah that they didn't, like, maybe, I don't know. Like, he didn't recruit anybody that was fast, like, you know what's underrated is if you're slow going and getting a three star that nobody wants, like Squirrel White, that is faster than everyone. That that can do some damage. You know, like D. Williams plays like five plays a game, but when he those five plays, who can catch him? And I, I don't know. Florida just looked very slow.
0: Does it feel like Florida week to you? It's kind of snuck up on me a little bit, to be honest.
1: Well, I've been kind of busy, too. So
0: yeah, yeah. I don't. I I think it's. I think it's just this Florida team sucks. It's been hard to whip myself into a frenzy.
1: And there's no. Uh, I mean, I've seen a little talk about it. I mean, it's. It's such a bad weekend of games that Chris and Kirk or, or Kirk are at the. Uh, are going to do it. The top ESPN crew was going to do it. But no, it does not feel like a traditional Florida week.
0: I'm excited to see everybody down there, though. Seems like we got a lot of people going. I'm excited to hang out with everybody Friday and Saturday.
1: That'll be a great time.
0: I was kind of regretting it on my flight back from Vegas. I was like, man, I got to turn around and leave in four days. But I got me an IV put in. Yesterday, during my radio show, and I am zapped back to life, and I am
1: ready to go. I'm ready as well. Ready for it to get here. At Knox Strips, our mission is to improve the health of our community through the utilization of IV hydration therapy. IV therapy offers a wide range of benefits that cannot be ignored. Whether you're looking to improve your immune system, stay hydrated, or get over that
0: game day hangover, you can be confident that our passionate and experienced team at Knox Strips will have an option that fits your needs. We are mobile and proud to serve Knoxville and the surrounding areas anytime, day, or night. To learn more or book an appointment, please visit knockstrips.com. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. If you want to support Seth's family, if you want to get access to the Discord, Game Threads, if you want to be yelled at for supporting your quarterback like Seth was doing all of our patrons, calling them idiots, asking if they were even watching the game. I called Hanker. I'll oh, fess up to that. Well, that's a very hurtful word, seeing how it's 2023.
1: Well, you know, it's just, it's edification. New $5 patron, Bryce. Shout out to Brother Bryce. We love you and appreciate you. That's it. Let's get to the questions. Brother Big Chevy, a.k.a. Jonah, asks, will we go fast Saturday? God, I hope so.
0: Like, in all honesty, I mean, the you know, this might be a cliche, but the the best thing you can do to, you know, keep a crowd out of it is to go fast, kind of, right? Like, if you if Florida does bring any crowd, I don't know what you're expecting for their, their stadium to look like. Is it even a sellout yet? Do we know? Can someone tell me whether or not it's a sellout? You don't have to go typing since you're doing your audio on your computer. I, I don't but,
1: believe it is. I saw tickets for sale today.
0: Yeah. So, like, I don't know what to expect. They're not very excited about their program. Who knows how they feel about even this rivalry. Maybe they don't want to be there watching Tennessee beat them. But if it is a loud crowd, the best thing you could do is just keep going fast and not give them time to ramp up and really affect the snap because they can't stay consistently loud. So if you can get up and snap six, seven seconds, they don't have time to ramp up. You don't have time to play welcome to the jungle or anything like that and it's third down and get everybody pumped up. You don't have time. You go fast, fast, fast. And like me and Seth said, I think this offense has to go fast. I've been saying that for two years. This offense has to go fast. That's why I thought we struggled so much two years ago against Ole Miss. We could not go fast. They kept falling down and grabbing their ankles and cramping and all those things. We need to go fast. I want to go fast. I want to be fun. I want it to be real. Are you – but I got to be honest. Got to be honest. And I will admit uh, maybe have forgotten something in the Orange Bowl. So if I have, someone please type up and tell me I'm an idiot. I feel like Joe kind of struggles going fast. Uh, Have we seen Joe go fast yet because – Season Oprah 2021 against Bowling Green, we went very, very, very slow. We had methodical eight-minute drives. Against Pittsburgh, don't remember really going fast with him. So far this season, have it gone fast? Maybe we did against Clemson. I don't know. Maybe we did when he got in against backups last year. I don't know. Have we seen Joe go fast?
1: I don't feel like we went fast against Clemson. I feel like we've gone fast – once this year, and that was the last drive before half against Virginia.
0: Well, I also think that was the best drive we had of the season.
1: Where we also just ran.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just go fast. a lot. Of, well, which, I mean, that that could be good enough against some teams. That could be good enough against Florida just to break their will. Line up, gas them. They got that big fat-ass defensive tackle. It's like 420 pounds. Just run, 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 run. And if you get up and go faster, you're getting five-yard runs. it'll You'll eventually score a touchdown, you know. Sloth says the secret playbook is to go fast. So, you know, I hope so. I hope it is because we I don't think we've really done it this year except the one drive against Virginia where we kind of, you know, ended the game and, and, and got up 21-3 at half. And it goes back to making completions and getting positive plays. Can't go fast on incompletions. That shit don't work. Next question, please.
1: Brother, Brother Weezy asks, um, how did you do at the tables in Vegas?
0: I only played table games for about an hour. I finished exactly even on blackjack. I bought in with 400. I got down to 140, and I was like, man, this is brutal. You're just getting every wrong, wrong scenario. Double down when I'm supposed to double down, nothing. Diller whipping my ass, but then it was like low card, low card, low card. All right, fine. Boom, $140 on a hand, blackjack. And then I won a couple hands. I got up maybe 150. Lost that, and I was back right at four hundred. And I said, you know what? I don't even like playing blackjack. I'm out of here. And then I lost a hundred dollars playing roulette. And that's my only experience on the tables. Would have had a really, really, really great trip. Really great trip. Had Tennessee, the Titans, beat the Saints. But they didn't. They lost by one point in excruciating fashion. So I ended up coming back, I think, five, six hundred dollars up after paying for all of my my booze and, and tables and cabana at the pool so pretty good trip pretty good trip could have been a great trip could have been a fantastic trip had the titans won they did not they did not that would have won me a big parlay i had texas longhorns money line dolphins money line titans money line that went off at about like uh 40 to 1 i think is what it was would have been a huge would have been a great hit is that right I don't know how to do math right now, but would have been a great, great hit. Maybe it was like 60 to one, 65 to one actually. And it didn't, it didn't hit, did not hit. Maybe I'm doing the math on that wrong.
1: He also asked me if I've heard of Amuamua and what do I think of it? I have heard of Amuamua. Um, I've listened to Avi Loeb, the Harvard, uh, professor who has really spearheaded the effort to discuss it and bring light to it. And, uh, I think that the weirdest thing about it was how the astrophysicist community basically just totally like blacklisted discussion of Oumuamua and didn't want to talk about it at all because, I don't know, it's very weird. It could obviously be of extraterrestrial origin, and it was basically just labeled as something that is not discussed within polite society outside of Avi Loeb, who is going on Joe Rogan and going on Lex Friedman to talk to people about it, to bring light to it. And he's getting criticized, even though he's obviously a brilliant, brilliant man. He is an astrophysicist at Harvard University. Uh, But I don't really know what to think of it. Other than that, it's very odd that something that big could be shaped like that and fly like it does and get as close to Earth as it did. So, yes, I have heard of it. Brother Big Orange Sloth asks if we will be at Gator's Dockside Friday night, and if so, what appetizer will we order?
0: What appetizer will we order? I haven't looked at the menu. I don't eat appetizers either, really.
1: Uh, I don't know. I will be at Norman Hall Saturday.
0: What is Norman Hall? Oh, is that where we're going to be?
1: That's where we're tailgating.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that was supposed to be patrons only, so you just told everybody.
1: Well, Norman... uh, yeah, well, oh well. I don't know if I'm going to make it to Gators Dockside Friday night. depends on t- time. Everyone write that down as a no. Seth will not be there Friday. Wait, is it? It's in, yeah, okay, no, because we're staying in Lake City, so no. Um, Follow up, will we see the Tribal Chief take command Saturday? I don't think so, no.
0: Nah, I think Tennessee would have to be down like 14 points to see Nico. And at that point, if you're down 14 points, maybe Josh doesn't even make a change.
1: What if Tennessee's, so you think Tennessee has to be down? Oh,
0: I mean, to make the switch, I mean, if Tennessee's up 30, then you might seem.
1: No, I just meant like, what if it's like.
0: No, if Tennessee's winning and it's ugly, they're not going to make the switch. Okay. I think Tennessee would have to be down double digits. Or like, it'd be be down like 14 to 7. Or like 10 to 3 and the offense has just looked abysmal. I I think if Tennessee scores, or if Tennessee's within, you know, 3 or 4 points, I think it'd be hard to make any type of switch that's just such a big risk. I think it'd be more likely he finishes the game. And if you win, you keep rolling. If you don't, you're not. Cause like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But like, I feel like for as bad as I feel like the offense has looked, I'm not panicking yet. Just because we haven't lost. As long as we keep winning, it's okay. As long as we keep winning. If we beat Florida 17, 13, I'm not going to feel good about the offense, but I'm still going to hold, hold out hope that it like finally clicks. Now, 17 points, you know, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. We probably need to score at least 24 or 27. But as long as, like, these fuck-ups don't result in a loss, I'm going to keep giving hope that it can fix. Because I didn't think Ken and Hooker looked great the first month of the season last year. But we kept winning, so it didn't matter. And then in the second half against Florida, all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is what we've been wanting. Or really, you know, the, the 99-yard drive to go up against Florida at halftime. Then you're like, okay, the offense is here. The offense was thriving. The offense beat the hell out of the rest of the teams up until Georgia, but it was raining, so keep that in mind. I'm hoping that you know Joe can eventually get better. Now, I will say that six-year quarterback and, and what we've seen so far, I don't have the most optimism, but I'm holding out hope. I'm hopeful, not optimistic. And hope, my friend, is a powerful thing. And I hope we ruin every, all, all the Florida fans' hope pretty early. I really, 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 really miss – being good in the first quarter. I really miss being good in the first quarter. We're no longer good in the first quarter.
1: Brother Blue Moon Vol asks, thoughts on Anthony Richardson looking better than Ryan Tannehill in week one? That question was specifically for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that I am very worried uh, re- please refer to Ryan Tannehill costing me a whole bunch of money. I am worried about Tannehill, but I'm also not panicked yet just because first game back after an injury, first live action. The Saints defense is really good. Saints got a top five defense, especially in the second They got two really good corners. Shout out to Alante Taylor. And also about Anthony Richardson, I did think Anthony Richardson could look good. But I do think teams are eventually going to realize he only throws to the right side of the field. I think he threw to the left one time in their game. And I think defenses will adjust, and we'll see how he adjusts. But please keep in mind, I wanted to draft Anthony Richardson. I wanted him on the Titans. So you're not going to, like, troll me by saying he was good. I thought he was going to be good.
1: What is the deal with Will Levis? I thought he was hurt but then I see people criticizing him for being inactive. I thought he was hurt.
0: Well, he was hurt in the preseason, so like he he lost his valuable time to be the backup. Like he got hurt basically and missed the last two preseason games. So there was nothing, he had nothing that he could show to that would pass Malik Willis. People are just shit, you know, mad about that draft pick because it's kind of a wasted draft pick for right now. Like I, at this point, I would say everyone would probably think it's a 20% chance he ever actually becomes a good starter. And that's a lot. That that sucks whenever you trade Already up in the second that, round. I mean, when you consider that draft pick quarterbacks are basically a 50% success rate as it is. Maybe 20% is too low, maybe it's like 35%, but
1: I don't know. I just I just thought he was it's just if he's hurt, he's hurt. I mean,
0: yeah, it, it's true, but again, only 50% of draft picks usually are any good anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And he did look pretty bad in the one preseason game he played. He had a horrible interception. And let's face it, like
1: he wasn't great in college. I just, I thought, I just felt like, I, I was just confused because I thought he was hurt this whole time. Like, he's not going to beat out Malik Willis if he's hurt. was my... Well, it didn't look like he was going to beat him out before he got hurt either. Okay, I, 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 Like, I genuinely have no idea. I was just, it just... I was. It's kind of like when they drafted the uh, running back from Tulane. And everybody was like, he has no knees. And I'm like, guys, they wouldn't have drafted a, a running back with no knees.
0: Well, it turns out he has no ACLs, but he looks pretty good. He's, he looks pretty good. He, strangely enough, had more snaps than Derrick Henry on Sunday, though. So we'll see how that goes moving forward.
1: He, he looks pretty good. I think he's good. Brother Michael Weaver asks, I mean, Brother Sam Rose asks, if Tannehill never recovered John? Which QB would you want to take in next year's draft?
0: It's Florida week. What are we doing? We don't have to dance in the Titans' grave right now. Okay. What quarterback do I want to take in the next year's draft? I don't know any of them. Drake May, you know, Caleb Williams, depends on how high we pick. I I do think there's probably seven quarterbacks, though, that are going to like have first round conversation. I saw a tweet from maybe it was Schefter that listed like seven or eight guys that are going to be in the conversation for first round picks. Does seem like it's a pretty deep quarterback draft.
1: I'm just asking the patrons questions.
0: No, I hear you. I'm asking them why they're trying to dance on my grave.
1: Brother Michael Weaver asks, go-to liquor drink of choice pregame for you. Pregame?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've made the switch. I'm just a vodka Sprite Zero band now. I don't even really like whiskey anymore. I'll still drink it, but I prefer prefer to make my own Tito's and Sprite Zero. It's kind of what I'm on.
1: He asked for me my go-to flavor of Lacroix. It is apricot. I mean, not apricot. It is lemon. It has Ugh. been lemon for for a long time now. Oh. After lemon, I go lime. Oh. After, Those are the after two lime, words. I go peach pear. I do not like limoncello at all, brother Sam Rose. I do not like it at all.
0: Although I must give you a shout-out from our last tailgate, you brought somebody brought you a bunch of Lacroix. And I took it home, and I just now ran out of my last can. I would use it to mix my vodka whenever I was out of Sprite Zero. It was terrible. It was such a bad mixer. But at least it was low-calorie. And it wasn't straight vodka, so it is what it is.
1: Brother CB asks, have we ever quit a job mid-shift?
0: I got fired mid-shift plenty of times on the farm. Uh, there's probably was times whenever me and my dad would argue, it, and he just told me to go home if I was going to act like that, and I went home, but of course never quit. I only had two. I only had like two real jobs, three real jobs. I, I didn't quit. I sold satellite inside the mall for a bit. Never quit that mid shift, but I, I did you know eventually just quit it. I worked in a factory one summer. I was going to work in a factory, but then I decided to do summer school instead. So I did two nights of that and then never went back. I finished the shift at least, and then yeah, i have never quitting your radio stuff. There's plenty of times on the farm, though, that we got in huge fights that I would just say, fuck it, I'm going to the house, and I would go to the house. Or he'd tell me to go to the house, and I went to the house, but no. What about you? You ever quit?
1: No, not mid-shift, no. Yeah.
0: I love stories about people quitting mid-shift.
1: It has to be empowering.
0: It is truly empowering just to say, take this job and shove it, and just leave. Yeah. There was, when I'd made my mind up that I wasn't going to Keep working that factory job. There was a time like when I went to lunch, I was like, man, I'm just not going to go back. I'm just not going to go back. But then I was like, uh, they're not going to pay me if I don't go back. And I was like, wait, they're not going to really pay you anyways. And then I, ne- I did never get paid for my two days of work there. I never did get paid, so that kind of sucked. I guess they got the last laugh. I Actually, I take this back. I might have quit my uh, when, I got out, when I was in college. I was working at TQL. I might have quit that mid-shift. I think I just made the decision. I was like, you know what? I'm done. And I was like, my boss wasn't there. And I was like, yeah. I was like, hey, guys. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going home. Because there's nothing for me to do if I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, ah, I'm not feeling this. I'm moving back to Tennessee. It wasn't anything dramatic or anything, but I do think I just got up. I sent a couple messages to people, and I just got up and walked out. So, yeah, I guess I have quit mid-shift.
1: Brother Garrick asked, do we think Dion jumps to the league or another school next? Dion
0: seems like a college coach.
1: Yeah. The whole, like, all that stuff that Dion does, the rah-rah, woo-woo. The dogs and leader bullshit ain't going to work in the NFL. Uh, this is a college coach. This is a college coach. But like, I do college. think he has
0: a chance to be a really, really good college coach. I do think he has a chance to kind of be a star. College sports at its best, or college sports at its most effective, the coaches are the stars. We don't have a lot of coaches that are stars anymore. So Dion has a chance to fill that vacuum. But that shit ain't working in a professional locker room.
1: Brother Steve asks, if we had to pick a week the Vols get ranked number one in the regular season, which week are we picking?
0: And so this is a prediction? Like, if you if the Vols I, are going to make think, it to I, number one? I
1: think – I I read it as a preference.
0: Oh, okay. Well, but
1: maybe it's a prediction.
0: Well, I just meant, like, if it's going to happen, when do you see? But um, – oh.
1: I mean I think this year
0: would take beating Georgia to be yeah. for us to be ranked number 1.
1: I think the answer for both prediction and preference is that week. Yeah.
0: yeah. Unless it's preference, the final week after the playoff, preference. am I right?
1: He says preference.
0: Oh, then the final week after the playoff. <laughs> I mean it was cool when we got ranked number 1 last year, but then we only lasted a week, so that was tough. I mean, beating Alabama and getting that respect would be nice because Alabama's still going to carry some weight. And for as bad as they looked against Texas, they shouldn't lose again before they, before they play us. I, I just don't want to be ranked number one until we play Georgia because it sucked that we got ranked number one right before we played Georgia and then they took it from us.
1: They play Ole Miss in two weeks. Is that at home for them?
0: Bama, I don't know. Yeah, I think their only tough road game was at A&M, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay.
1: I think I think Ole Miss
0: is at home in two weeks. Um, is Old Miss? you think Ole Miss is going to be a tough game for them?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think it. I don't know. I don't know what to think about Ole Miss. I think it could be. I think they if were it was struggling at Oxford, with Tulane's
0: could, backup quarterback for a while.
1: Yeah, I think if it was at Oxford, it might be interesting. Um, well, I also think yeah, Bama has got a quarterback problem, just kind of like we do. I also just, I like. I'm not saying that I don't believe Alabama will win by like 14 points or whatever. I'm just not sure that Alabama is like that good enough to just beat teams like Ole Miss just by showing up, if that makes sense. Maybe they are. I don't know. I just, I'm not sure how, for all the, the weeping and the gnashing of teeth about Jalen Milroe, the skill players just aren't there at all. And it's not just the wide receivers like we talked about. Like, they're running backs.
0: I thought there were. Co- I thought their wide receivers made a couple of nasty catches against Texas, honestly.
1: Yeah, like yeah. They jumping looked at in the like air Bond. and holding onto the
0: ball. Like I thought, I was pretty impressed with them. Now, now, whether or not they're burners or like dynamic, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they made a couple of tough catches.
1: They don't have the dynamism at it's just like the running backs. You know, I just I don't know. We were told all off season that their offensive line was amazing, and I don't know enough about I don't know enough about their roster to know whether what that was pred- predicated on. I know JC Latham is a good player, but they're not a very good offensive line, and I wouldn't ne- I will would for the life of me never understand why we assumed that the defense that lost its best player, its leader, and the number two overall draft pick was going to ascend to greater heights. I'll never get that. I, I I didn't understand that when it was happening, and I don't understand it now. They've got some good players. Dallas Turner, a good player. Kool-Aid McKinstry, a really good player. But why do we expect that defense to get just a lot better?
0: Because they had the best recruiting classes ever. It's just
1: most talented roster ever. I I mean, I I expect them to beat Ole Miss. I'm just not. I don't know. I don't. I just really don't know how good any of those guys are. I could see the West just kind of self-immolating overall, and everyone just kind of beating up on each other. Um. Yeah, brother Barrister asked for me since I'm in agreement with somebody named Adam Hickman. Regarding Joe Milton, if Joe comes out and throws for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and zero picks, and we get the win, well, I bend the knee to the Milton militia? Um, sure, sure. Do you see really how far the expectations yards. have fallen? I was going to say, 250 yards isn't that much, but yeah,
0: sure. Read those sure. stats. That's, that's, what we're, that's what he's hoping that's for. That's Th- not even good. That's not
1: even good. That's what he's I'm hoping for. I, hell no, you're not bending the knee for 250 yards. I have yards. lost my mind talking to these people. Joe Milton is holding a gun to this lawyer's head as he posted this. He is holding a gun to Barrister Val's head. He is threatening to put one in his temple if he doesn't fire this post off. 250 yards in 2023? What in the hell are we talking about?
0: The win'll be nice. But no, no, that that's not a that's not a stat line. That those people, the Milton militia that's not the stat line that they were promising us, Seth.
1: No, we've been told.
0: Heisman finalist. Now we've now we've already gotten down to well, what if he throws for two hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns? Oh, you mean a first half for Hinden Hooker? I'll answer the question for you, Seth. No, you will not bend that knee.
1: Who even is Adam Hickman? Who even is he, he, works, he works at
0: my radio station. Oh, he does the morning show. He tends to skew more negative. I, I mean, but he I claims he just likes getting people riled up, so it seems like a lot of people fall for his stick. They take the bait. I don't know if he's setting bait, but they take the bait regardless. Of how, I they, think they, they I, take I the th- chum. I think
1: I think that saying seven and five is most likely is um he's holding a fishing rod. When he's posting that um, that's pretty that's pretty trolly and they take the bait brother Polynesian Peyton Truther aka Cargo Shorts Lover aka Tenesota says no question just love you both and cannot wait to see you in games well I can't wait to see you um, I hope you Jonah and brother Bob have fun in the Airbnb waking up Saturday morning watching a little English football.
0: Hope you all have a good time. The patrons are the only reason I'm still coming to Florida. Seeing you, seeing them, taking a good group picture, giving some hugs, getting a kiss on the cheek. Those are the only reasons that I'm still coming. The game, I don't really I don't really care right now uh, i'm not like champing at the bit to get there to watch the game but the fellowship that's what it's all about winning on the road that's what it's all about but hopefully we win on the road i think we will seeing levi who by the way wanted to pass along seth that he uh successfully has bet against florida or bet against tennessee excuse me he had a parlay with an that there would be overtime last night in bill's jets parlayed with the florida money line
1: levi's persona non grata for me i i don't want to talk about him i won't talk about him i begged him i begged him the other day to rejoin the discord and he said it's it's out of principle that he won't he's persona non grata well if that's the
0: case now that i know that that he was saying it's out of principle that I'm, I'm gonna tell him that he can't he's just been texting me all of the things he would normally post he been blowing, yeah, he's, blowing he me up texting. I'm just like, just get in the Discord and tell other people. All right, if he, if it's our principal principle, when I have a principle take, not responding to any text messages anymore. It's sad. Still love him, but not responding to text messages anymore. We are now in what is referred to as a Mexican standoff. Any other questions? No, that's it. I can't wait to see you. I hope we win. Do you have a score prediction? The over unders, the over unders, like the projected right? score prediction is 33.5 to 26.5. I think the best bet is betting Florida does not score 26 points.
1: Yeah, yeah, seems like a lot. Seems like a lot for the <laughs> offense. Have it, I don't score prediction.
0: Especially if we're not going fast.
1: I don't have a score prediction because I, I don't really know what to think. I saw the over under today at work and thought it seemed high. Who knows? I mean, what if we're hiding something like you said? I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I would rather take Florida's under versus the whole under because there's a chance that we could score a bunch of points. But I still yeah. see them scoring a bunch. Not against not against Aaron Beasley and the boys. Yeah. I just don't know. All right, Florida, you can go to hell. We'll be there soon. We're bringing hell with us. I'll see you all, and we'll talk next week.
1: All right. Bye-bye. See you, dude. Tell me, baby, if I die a day, would you come and kiss my cold, face? my cold face? Would you run up in my bank account? My bank account. Would you go and get my, my heart away? I need to know- for, for- on my ex, cause she validate me. They say the good I am. I'ma be the last remainder. Hate all you want. I can't stop. I'ma force of nature. Just got back in the country, blessing hard. Waving at my neighbors. Get the real court. I thank God for the affidavit. Life shit so funny. Pushing pull ups with your losing patience. Self delusion. bad communication. Ancient, new is ancient. I don't mix words and tensions. You know, I meant it from the bottom of a left of my spirit. Chew it is So I'm serious. I'm laughing, sarcastic. They still don't get it. But I'm just a vessel, baby. I I can't help how I spill it I wanna know what you gon' do when it's the bucket I'm kickin' Bitch I ain't nothing like these niggas We in juxtaposition I'm the glitch, I'm the buggy, in your system electrifying all your muscles and tendons I need to know I your